0: You are listening to Billionaires in Boxes, the number one podcast publicist for businesses globally. Hello and welcome to this edition of Billionaires in Boxes with me, your host, Phil Pelluccia, as always. Uh, Today, I am joined by Greg Castano. I love his name. I always love a good Italian sounding name. Uh, I'm biased though, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Greg is the CEO and founder of News Direct, which are a business that you will be hearing more and more about over the coming weeks, months and years. So uh, I'm really delighted to have you here. Welcome, Greg.
1: Thank you very much. It's great to be here.
0: No, it's really good to have you here. And we're, we're gonna we've been doing some work together, you know, separately for the past few weeks, coming up for a month or so now, and I'm really excited to kind of introduce you to the audience and and really let them know what you're all about. So, for for those of uh, the audience who haven't come across you previously and and haven't yet come across News Direct, do you want to give us sort of a 60 second introduction to who you are and what you're all about?
1: Absolutely, thank you. Um, well, first of all, let me start off by saying I worked for uh, over three decades for a company that many in your in your audience are probably familiar with which is business wire um i worked there uh, for over 32 years uh for the last seven and a half of those years i was the president of the company Uh, i left there almost exactly three years ago today um and since then uh, i spent a lot of time planning um, for the next iteration of that business model which became news direct uh and my, my uh, intention in creating and founding NewsDirect was to really modernize a, an industry and a business model that had grown a little bit uh, complacent and stale and reliant on um, technology that was no longer the most up-to-date and the most uh, efficient and effective technology. And by that, I mean specifically digital technology and cloud-based technology. So we have built the platform completely in the cloud with completely custom-built uh, software platform. Uh, we've taken the model from a service model to a SaaS model, and we've we've just really modernized and improved the entire uh, user experience from, you know, the how long it takes you to put out content, the type of content you can put out. Uh, what you pay for that distribution of that content, and just the the overall kind of experience of of using such a platform. So uh, we think we've done a really good job in really changing and um, bringing uh, the the model into you know the twenty first century, which is now it's not we're not really early in the twenty first century anymore. So we're uh, you know we're we're the twenty first year into the twenty first century. Mm. and uh, we think we are current in terms of that in terms of the technology that we've uh, developed. Uh, for our platform. And we're getting lots of good feedback and we're gaining lots of clients and we're very happy with the results so far.
0: Good. No, I'm delighted and, and, and I can testify, you know, I, I love what you're doing. And I think you're absolutely right The, You know, and it's, it's a shame because I think some of those more established organizations, they, they all kind of fall foul of the same thing, right? Which is uh, big wheels turn slowly is the first one. Uh, and the second one is it's difficult for businesses who've built a platform and, you know, nailed their flag to the master to, to then kind of change and try and modernize and adapt because they're, they're always there's always that concern of well are we going to lose our existing business before we pick up a you know enough new business to be able to sustain us so they end up just finding themselves in this constant cycle of caution
1: exactly uh, and that's kind of what i experienced while i was still there as i was sort of advocating for uh, some changes to the business model. And, you know, frankly, they um, they were reluctant to make any, th- any significant changes for those very reasons, right? They, they did not want to put existing revenue and existing clients at risk. Um, and they were sort of tied to technology that, um, you know, frankly, did not have the flexibility um, to kind of move into you know what? How people are working in the, in the communication space today. Um, so you know we've built our platform with the express. Intention of being as nimble and flexible as possible, so that we can continually adapt to how the you know the community that we're operating in, the, the public relations, corporate communications community, how their lives are changing, and because of the, t- the way technology operates now, that that change is now constant, right? So you have to you have to kind of build your uh, capabilities with the thought in mind that it's going to change. You know, almost all the time. And you have to be able to keep adjusting to that to stay ahead of it.
0: That's such a good point, isn't it? It's the agility aspect. It's it's building a business that it can still remain nimble and agile, no matter how big it becomes, because you're right. I mean, changes that would have happened in this industry that would have taken maybe 10 years to happen previously now seem like they're happening every 12 months.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, And we've seen that really just even since we were launched uh, back in the uh, middle of last year. Um, And in fact, uh, our MVP that we came out with has already changed significantly since that point. And we've added enhancements to what we already thought was the most modern kind of technology you could have. Uh, So we've added some some really... um, Useful and valuable and I think, you know, revolutionary to use a kind of I'm trying not to overstate it, but we really think what we're doing is revolutionary. And we've already kind of um, made those kinds of changes on the fly as we have been kind of seeing how the how the, um, you know, the addressable market has reacted to our platform.
0: Mm, be bold and own it brother i think it's revolutionary too so no don't be afraid to say i mean what you've done is is taken something that and look and let's be perfectly honest here right and this is uh i'm not saying this to stroke your ego but but kind of leaving a business you know like business wire is from a presidential position um to to go and do this it took balls right i mean it's you you could have quite easily just kind of dined out on that got your pension at some point and then gone and and play golf but to kind of recognize that there's an opportunity to improve things for the industry as a whole and uh and to make the life easier for professionals within this space and then really kind of take the ball by the horns and go and do it i think i think you should be bold you should celebrate that
1: yeah i mean i i agree i I think you know one of my major personality flaws is i'm given to understatement um so i try i'm trying to move i'm trying to improve upon that um but i can tell you that um you know it this this whole thing has been a culmination of many years of you know observing a business model that, you know, really just kind of refused to change, um, and and was really playing it too safe, and you know we kind of went in the opposite direction, and you know not that we're not that we're, that we're irresponsible, we're certainly aggressive about you know how we thought. Uh, Things should change, and based on you know, this isn't just based on our kind of imagination. You know, it's based on my observations over many years in terms of how the industry had kind of developed. And the industry, to be fair, at one point in time was very innovative. Um, And and for some reason, at the very point in time where uh, the technology. Uh, enabled the industry to really be innovative is when they stopped being innovative, uh, which what I'm referring to is kind of the digital revolution, if you will, right? Um, and I think the reason for that is that they were very, very invested, uh, in, not only in terms of their business model itself, but really financially invested in you know um, legacy technology, which at the time wasn't legacy technology, uh, but was very expensive technology, but it was also hardware based, right? Uh, to, to sort of pivot away from that, um, took would have taken uh, quite a leap of faith on their part uh, and also quite a financial investment as well as a, kind of almost a, an emotional investment in trusting that new technology, particularly cloud based technology, which frankly has really only become. Uh, really, kind of mainstream over the last, you know, five or six years. Uh, that mm. you know, the cloud a few years ago was not considered a mainstream thing. It was kind of the, kind of these kind of new, new fangled kind of companies were in the cloud, mm. uh, but most traditional companies were not. Uh, but now it's become the really the go-to for most companies, particularly uh, any new company that is formed is almost exclusively a cloud-based company.
0: Well I remember when when people started first talking about cloud based solutions I was having a conversation with somebody who um uh, is the director of several large data centers and he was adamant. He was like, it's not safe. Why would you ever put anything in the cloud? It's not secure. It's not safe. There's no way that could ever happen. You know, now your banks will be working in the cloud because it's more encrypted and safer than doing it by a hardware. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. uh, you know, I lose so, that so
1: firsthand the- at BusinessWire. There were, you know, I won't go into detail here, but uh, let's just say there were certainly incidents that proved that the, the hardware kind of, um, you know, that kind of technology was not, was not the most secure you could have um, and you know and nothing is foolproof I won't pretend that you know what we have is you know 100% uh, foolproof in terms of being able to be kind of compromised but it is about the, the most foolproof you could possibly get in this day and age
0: yeah definitely and I think that's a, that's a fair thing to say isn't it nobody ever wants a, f- a false guarantee but to know that it's, it's it's a safe it's the safest option out there on the market right now but that doesn't mean it's hundred percent safe um, Exactly yeah, I think, you know, people, I think people will respect that. I'm curious. I mean, uh, have you always been in this industry?
1: Uh, Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I left uh, college in 1985 and several months later joined business wire. Um, So I've really been in this since I was almost a child really. Um, And um, yeah, so I've, I've, I saw this industry um, really grow uh, and evolve from, you know, pre-internet um, you know even pre kind of dial-up um mm. you know in terms of the technology that was being used uh, oh, when I, I first started <laughs> when I first started uh you know fax machines were these things that had these giant thick smelly paper rolls that you had to use mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the content that was needed to be sent out by wire was actually sent to us by messenger um and and then had to be retyped by an editorial team um, that you know was in order to process it, to get it into the system, to send it out over over the wire. And the wire itself at the time, again, pre-internet, uh, was really um, using, you know, landlines to kind of distribute content, you know, to individual printers in individual newsrooms, um, you know, across the country. So it's, it's come a long way since then. And that's why I said before that they, they did have a period of time where they were highly innovative in the sense that they um, – uh, Business Wire in particular was the first service to move from that landline kind of technology to satellite-based technology, which at the time was itself revolutionary. Um, but obviously, the internet came along and changed everything about everything. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you know, so the world just continues to keep to keep evolving,
0: and, and and does so more and more rapidly every day. Well, you say you say it's evolved a lot, but actually. You know, I know a lot of these these distribution softwares, and they've not really evolved all that much from there. To be honest, okay, admittedly, it's no longer being sent by fax, but it's now it's just being sent via email, or it's being uploaded onto their system. I mean, you talked about the financial returns, right? It's these large corporations, particularly the public traded companies. You know, they have to make these announcements. You know their teams will spend hours and hours, if not days, preparing this material, formatting it, getting it all ready. Then they practically copy paste it over to somebody else, and then once it gets to the other side, they have to reformat it for the press release. And uh, exactly. and, and so it's not really evolved all that much, has it? Somebody's still having no, to duplicate uh, the work.
1: You're right. I mean, basically, what happens is you know some some poor group of people you know spend hours and days perfecting you know their their earnings. Uh, financial results release, uh, they upload it to a Newswire platform, and unbeknownst to them, that content that they've spent so much effort making look beautiful um, is then copy and pasted into an editorial platform on the other side, on the wire service side, which basically removes all the formatting. And so they have to kind of rebuild it from scratch, uh, which is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the main things that we've completely changed um, because we have developed a technology that enables you to basically copy and paste it from your document, your Word document or whatever, onto our platform. Uh, there are no editors involved. There's no one that needs to reformat it because when you do that onto our platform, it's already all the formatting that you've done uh, is retained. So, it's ready to go as soon as you as soon as you you cut and paste it onto our platform. And all you need to do at that point is choose your distribution and hit send and you're done. Um so it eliminates literally hours and hours of work and time and and proof reproofreading and that kind of thing. So In that sense, that's really what I'm referring to as revolutionary. It's kind of, it's changing lives in some sense because these, you know, poor IROs don't have to stay stay up till, you know, midnight or beyond preparing um, earnings to go out pre-market the next day. They, They can basically set it up and go to bed and wake up and it's gone and they're ready to go
0: well it's certainly far more cost effective as well isn't it from a business perspective because you you don't want to pay somebody to duplicate their work i mean i think most uh, most business owners and, and c, you know c level suite executives listening to this will be almost starting to wonder wonder if that's what happens with our financial department whether they you know whether they they're having to duplicate work over and over again and and actually given that the software is so revolutionary i would almost argue if they're not working with you then the answer is probably yes
1: yeah, I mean, I would say the answer is not probably yes. It's unequivocally yes. Oh, there um, you go. <laughs> there is no other platform that does it how we do it, and you know, doesn't not do it the way they do it. <laughs> um, so essentially, you know, it's either that very manual, you know, long-winded process, or it's us. I mean, that's your choice. Um, so you know, having said that, it's you know, you mentioned the cost-effectiveness of it, right? Um, you know, our competitors have literally hundreds of people across the world um, that are whose job it is to take that content and reformat it so that it can be suitable to go out on the wire. Uh, they also have another several hundred technologists that are, you know, minding the store in terms of the technology. Um, all of that costs a substantial amount of money and it's and is a substantial amount of overhead to maintain. Uh, whereas uh, News Direct doesn't have any of that. We don't have editors. We don't have Anywhere near the amount of technologists that are needed because of the fact that we're in the cloud and that it's a basically a self-service model. Um, so, just simply by eliminating those hundreds of employees and office space and computers and all that, that's a lot of cost that's taken out immediately, uh, which enables us to then price the service in, in a not only much less expensively, but in a much less different, in a much more different way than they price it. Um, they're using um, a pricing model that is based on the fact that the technology is old. Um, meaning that, um, in, in the old days, back when I started and before, um, they charge you based on two factors, right? They charge you on the geographic distribution that you, that you choose. So if you choose say Metro New York to send your news release to, um, that's, that's one price, but if you choose national, that's a higher price, Mm. um, that no longer makes any sense because there's this newfangled thing called the internet, where <laughs> I've but, heard of that. Um, yeah, uh, and what happens is those news releases all go out on that internet, and when it's on the internet, you know, everyone in the world can see it as long as they have a you know a device and, a, and an internet connection. Sure. So it really makes no sense, uh, nor to me is it justifiable to charge someone based on a geographic uh, footprint. That really represents a tiny portion of the actual, you know, reach that you're achieving by sending a release out on the wire. Mm-hmm. So we don't do that. Um, secondly, because as I mentioned before, these releases back in the day had to be retyped in order to be distributed. Uh, that was a labor cost. So as a result, they charge you based on length, right? So they charge you, uh, you know, for, for the first 400 words, they charge you, uh, you know, a a base fee. And then for each additional 100 words, they're charging you another incremental fee on top of that, which particularly in the longer uh, releases like earnings, that adds up pretty quick. Um, however, um, people are no longer retyping releases, even those editors that I mentioned before, they're not retyping releases, they're reformatting them. Um, So it no longer is a labor cost because essentially you're sending in a file, you're sending in an Excel file or a Word file, which is, you know, basically ready, should be ready to go once it's sent. Um, so, So we don't charge on word count, nor do we charge on geography, instead we, we have decided that anything that you send out, and this gets to another difference in our service, anything that you send out, whether it's a press release, text-based press release or a photo or a video or an infographic, uh, each of those we consider an asset, right? Each one is an asset and each one is equal to one another, right? So a press release, regardless of how long it is, is equal to a photo or a video or an infographic uh, in terms of its value and in terms of what it, what we charge you for it, um, so essentially what we do is we charge you based on how many assets you're distributing. Uh, so we'll charge you a flat rate in our case, five hundred dollars for a domestic distribution. Um, for any any asset any of the first any asset that you send as your primary asset costs you five hundred dollars mm-hmm. flat fee, no questions asked, no hidden costs, no upcharges, no word counts, no nothing. Um, if you want to add something to that same distribution, such as an embedded photo or a, or a multi, another piece of multimedia, like a video or something, um, we'll charge you an additional $250 per each additional asset that you include. So as a result, uh, not only is it way less expensive for the most part than the other guys, but it's also predictable and transparent and there are no surprises. So it really makes it easy to budget and makes it easy to understand what you're paying for. Um, So that's kind of that's how we've transformed the pricing model, and then the other piece of that that I just mentioned is that um, traditionally the wires and really this has been uh, possible since the mid '90s when the internet really came about. Uh, You know, any wire service can send a news release with an embedded piece of multimedia. They can send a photo or a video embedded in your text-based press release. What they can't do or won't do, depending on how you look at it, is They cannot send just that multimedia without embedding it in a press release. Um, So what that does is it causes the customer to have to pay for two things when they really only want to send one thing, right? So if you have a piece of multimedia, like a video, uh, that you want to send over the same network that you're sending the press releases, uh, traditionally you've had to... embed that video in a press release, in which case you've had to pay for the press release and the video. In our case, we have developed uh, the platform so that you can send that piece of multimedia or multiple pieces of multimedia uh, as standalone assets without necessarily having to embed it in a text-based press release unless you really want to. Um, So as a result, not only does that expand your options for sending content, um, it also enables you to send that content without paying twice for basically the same thing. Um, so again, it's a cost savings. Um, and it you know, it really, I think that's a specific aspect of our service really plays into how consumers news consumers are consuming news, right? Yeah. Because as we all know, and anyone that has someone that's, you know, anywhere from the age of 10 to the age of 30 knows, <laughs> um, they have children that of that age uh, they know that those people are not reading four and five page press releases
0: anymore, no they really not.
1: Right? they want to see you know a 30 second or 60 second video or an infographic that basically gives them the high level facts yeah. that they they're going to know. scroll
0: down the press release to find the video exactly. that talks about what's in the press release <laughs> yeah
1: exactly and my you know my my theory is if you have a video particularly a video and particularly an infographic that requires a press release to explain it then you have a really bad video or infographic, right? Mm. Because they should be self-explanatory. That's the whole point of them. Um, in particular, you know, so if you if you need to explain a video with text and your video basically sucks, right? Oh and yeah. If, uh, and if your infographic needs to be explained by a press release, it's not very. The info part of it is not very good. No. So, um, <laughs> uh So that's why you know we just feel like this is the way people are consuming information these days, and therefore. People that are are want to reach those that audience should be able to send that type of content to them without having to kind of go through writing an unnecessary press release and paying for it.
0: Well, I don't mind sharing with our audience. That's how we actually met, wasn't it? Um, because obviously, you know, as a podcaster and broadcaster, my uh, like I don't write anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. e- everything's always about you know some form of content media and, and sharing that out there and you know, there still has to be a, look, I love the fact that media is so accessible by so many people these days, you know, with the the, the likes of YouTube and things where, you know, people are becoming almost celebrities in their own right by being able to share that content. But at the same time, you know, a, a financial report or, you know, a revenue turnover announcement or whatever it is that you're doing or professional business announcement, that, can be a great piece of content in terms of you know video podcast whatever but that doesn't mean that you should upload it to youtube <laughs> you know that still needs to go <laughs> exactly. by the professional channels and go somewhere else and and um and actually you know i know firsthand from from dealing with many sort of uh, major newspaper publications globally that they're loving this content i mean all you have to do is look at people like the times in the uk and wall street journal and all these kind of people who have you know they've now developed their own podcast And the idea behind the podcast is that the content and the the podcast content and the video content, it gets you excited enough as an audience that you will go and read their articles because their articles were year on year losing readers. Every single year, less people would would read it, less people would subscribe, less people are interested. And as you rightly identified, that's as more and more people enter the the business economy, if you will, who quite frankly, have no interest in doing business that way. The days of the university do you remember the huge tabloid papers that I couldn't even figure out how to read those things. They were massive. Um <laughs>
1: well you know, it used to be a special talent to be able to fold them and read them in a certain way on the, on the on the train into work so that you weren't like you know sticking it in the face of the guy sitting next to you. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, like what's that so, like mean, or, Japanese
0: origami or whatever, like trying to fold this thing <laughs> exactly. so read it. And, like I couldn't yeah. do it. Like I just you'd almost like you'd be sat on the tube and you'd just look to the people either side of you and say, Listen, you hold this bit, you hold this bit. <laughs> (laughs) and i'll read what's going on in the middle exactly Um, Exactly. but it was but you know nobody does that anymore like at at best and i mean at best they're going to read this on their cell phone what they're actually looking for is the multimedia that's attached to it
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let me just back up for a second, and I owe you an apology because, as I as I was mentioning all the things that we can distribute in terms of multimedia, I didn't mention podcasts and I'm here I am on a podcast, and I'm not mentioning. Oh, you don't need to apologize. I, I will. I will also let me just emphasize that you can also send out podcasts on our on our platform. Uh, so let me just want to make that clear. Uh, the other part of it is that. Um, uh, you mentioned the media, and this that's, that's the other half of the equation, right? It's not just a matter of, you know, uh, appealing to the end reader, right? Because yes. the end reader is reading it uh, through the filter of the media, right? Yes. So as a result, the media, as you just mentioned, is demanding this type of content, right? Absolutely. So if you're a public relations person and you want to get the media to – cover your content or use your content you have to send them multimedia otherwise it's pretty much going to get tossed aside or not even looked at at all absolutely Um, you know know, bearing in mind that particularly those who work for you know i'll call them print publications what i I really mean is now is text text publications right so someone is working for the wall street journal right there's a wall no, no one's probably reading the wall street journal you know Hard copy edition that much anymore, but they are reading the the online version, right? So those 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 uh, journalists they have to not only uh, write for the text version of their publication, but they also have to produce content for the online version of their of their publication, the website version. Um, and as a result, they they need big for and want uh, multimedia so that um, they can use that as. You know, as bait, if you will, uh, or as an attraction to mm. get people to come to their website to read their content, and many of them get paid on how many people click on their content. And most people are only, aren't going to click on a text-only piece of content.
0: No, That's not just a at all well the um, the, honey, the days are long gone aren't they of you know those those kind of publications so we're using the wall street journal as an example but the days are long gone of wall street journal being able to take the text-based article that they would put in their publication and just simply pop it on their website and hope for the best um you know it, it's it's a different art form isn't it in terms of the how you're going to engage with people the hyperlinks the multimedia um you know it's it's written and designed in a completely different way and actually i go so far as to say that you know um, I know many journalists um, and, and many of them, you know, they they follow a very similar process when it comes to creating content. And that, that process is they have to find the story, they have to conduct an interview with that person, and then they'll go away and they'll write that article. Well, the joy of distributing podcasts and other forms of interviews like this is that the first two parts of what they do, you've just taken care of. You've already found the story for them and you've already conducted the interview.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You know, and you mentioned before YouTube, like, well, I just created this fantastic video. Why don't I just put it on YouTube? Won't everyone just look at it on YouTube? Well, anyone who's gone on YouTube, first of all, it's very difficult to find something unless you know exactly where to look for it. Uh, that's number one. Uh, so if you want to get people to actually look at your content on YouTube, um, you know, it's kind of the concept, you know, if a video falls in the forest, will there, is there anyone around to actually see it? And <laughs> the quest, The answer is no, unless you direct them there, right? You hold their hand and you bring them there, right? So what we do is when you distribute a piece of content, Um, we do not host that video, right? Because no one's, not many people are coming to our website to look at video, right? Instead, they are going to YouTube and then maybe Vimeo or something like that. Um, so what we do is we allow you to, um, embed that video, um, URL, as a piece of content. So when you embed it on our platform, it populates as a video, right? But we're, we're driving them back to your YouTube channel or your video, uh, your Vimeo channel. Um, so you're getting the advantage of getting that traffic to your, to your website or your, your YouTube site, your YouTube channel. So you get to measure that. We can measure it for you as well, but you get the benefit of, of that traffic coming directly to your, your proprietary piece of uh, real estate there. Um, so, the point is that you know youtube is a wonderful uh platform um, but you do need to get people to go there to look at it and yeah, that's what sure. that's what we provide well, you know, and I- so when you send it, so I'm sorry when you're sending it out say we're posting it on 150 different websites every time someone on one of those websites clicks on it they're looking at your youtube channel
0: yeah, for um, sure. which
1: is a great benefit to you
0: well, I was also going to say it's the credibility piece, isn't it? And, and and let's not let's not underestimate and understate that credibility piece of media as well. You know, there are – you can release a video on YouTube. I'm picking on YouTube here, so don't come after me, YouTube. You've got more money than I have. <laughs> um, but you can post something on YouTube, and, you know, if somebody ever does find it, even by accident, or they Google what you do – because, you know, multimedia ranks pretty high on Google, so they Google what you do and they'll find a video that you've released. But if you click on that video and see that it's only got a couple of hundred views, it already loses credibility. Or, you know, if you've got less than 100 views, people look at that and go, this video has been out for four months and less than 100 people have viewed it. That's not great. Maybe I'm in the wrong place, right? But if they come across that, you know, via a major publication, via their website, online, on a news channel, it already holds a certain amount of prestige compared to, you know, just Self publishing and sticking it on YouTube. And it's the same thing again, isn't it? Like when you think about books, I mean, I know it's a bizarre analogy, but. It's the difference between using a publishing house and self-publishing. You could sell the same number of books, but if somebody looks at your book and it's been self-published, it holds a certain amount of credibility when compared to an already right. established publishing house having published that book for you.
1: Right. Well, it's third-party validation, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. third-party validation. So that's what it's all about. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, I'd also
1: I'd also add that um, even by sending it out over a newswire like news wire like NewsDirect, and this applies to our competitors as well, from the media standpoint when they receive it from one of us a news director or a business wire up here, news wire they instantly trust it already right they they feel as though it already has been vetted uh they know it's not going to be um you know uh, false or fake news they know it's it's you know the, that the the issuer has been uh vetted as a legitimate issuer and that kind of thing so there's a value to that as well even in terms of just getting the media to pay attention to it
0: mm. well i was going to ask you that actually so there will be People listening to this from from an agency perspective, but actually, I just want to—if we can kind of veer more towards, um, you know, the 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 CEO, the founder, the executive who's listening to this—and let's be honest—they probably use an agency to do these things for them. I doubt they're doing it themselves. How do they know what distribution software their agency is using, and more importantly, do they get a say in that? Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good question because back at when I. You know, when I first started and really for the first kind of half of my career, uh, when a company used an agency, they basically turned it out, turned all those decisions over to the agency. Uh, so as a result, you would have agencies that were either predominantly or exclusively using one Newswire or the other. And all of their clients were they used those that news uh, Newswire service for all of their clients. Um, that has changed significantly, I think. Partly as a result of the fact that it used to be just kind of a two-horse race. It used to be just Business Wire and PR Newswire for many, many years. Uh, it, was, it was a duopoly. Um, but from from the in the advent of the '90s, particularly because of the internet, a lot of other smaller players came into being, um, and as a result, there there became this you know extremely uh, aggressive and competitive environment amongst newswires who were competing against each other, and you know constantly, you know, I don't want to say harassing, but certainly approaching all of these agencies says, you know, you need to use my wire because because we're better than the other guy, right? Uh, they, the agencies, I think, for the most part, stopped wanting to be in the center of what I'll call that kind of newswire pissing match, right? Yeah, yeah. They, didn't want to, they didn't want to do that anymore, right? They wanted to concentrate on, on focusing on their clients. So essentially what they've now done is they've turned it back over to their clients and they say, you tell us who you want us to use and we'll use them. Um, So as a result, to kind of address what you just mentioned, is that if you're a company and you think one news wire service is going to better serve your needs, you need to communicate that to your agency. Um, And I think if you took a look at News Direct versus, you know, the other options that are out there. I think if you're objective enough about it, uh, you would choose News Direct and you would tell your agency, you guys need to at very at least look at News Direct because this is a totally different experience from what you've, you've, you've become used to over the last you know, 50 years. Um, so that kind of, to address that, it's like, yeah, you, as a company, as a CEO or whoever makes the decisions within those companies as to what uh, agencies to use, you need to kind of lay down the law with your agency and, and make them aware of who you, who, what your preference is.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important, especially in this day and age, because businesses are... You know with things like lean six sigma and things like this. People are are trying to become more and more efficient in business. But then here you have, you know, even just with the the financial uh, announcements that we were talking about before, you know, in terms of revenue turnover, etc. Here we have a process that is is quite time consuming internally. Um, there will be numerous checks to make sure that it's vetted and it's presented in the way that it's wanted to be presented. And I think you know I was certainly surprised. So I imagine there'll be many other businesses that will be surprised to kind of learn that. Once they send that across to their agency ready for distribution, someone's going to have to reformat the whole thing again.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, when it's probably already been formatted four or five times. Yeah.
0: And then it's it been signed it. off. It's gone to the CFO yeah. or whoever who's gone, yep, yeah. I'm going to rubber stamp this. It's ready to go. It's ready for publishing. And then they send it out. Don't forget the started... lawyers. Well, of course.
1: the lawyers lawyer sign off it. If you change a, a comma, you got to go back through the whole process. Well,
0: right? and, the, and they're, they're <laughs> not cheap.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Believe me, I know. So, um, yeah. So, you know, so I guess I think the best analogy for what we do versus what everyone else does is the most simple and most basic analogy, which is the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, right? Um, we provide you a straight line between your news release or your content to the distribution platform, right? There's no, there's no kind of bobbing and weaving from one point to the other until you finally get out the other end after you've gone through this maze, right? Um, it's basically a very straightforward process and takes you five minutes instead of several hours in many cases.
0: I'm curious because we're, we're getting towards the end of the podcast, but I'm desperate to ask you this question before we kind of talk about how people can get in touch and all that kind of juicy stuff. So stick around for that for sure. But we were saying earlier in the podcast that this industry is ever evolving, right? It's always changing. There's always something happening. So I don't want to ask you too far into the future, but what do what do the next 12 months hold for News Direct? Well,
1: um, I think we will continue to um – innovate i think we will continue to produce and develop new functionality that will you know basically keep abreast of how people are working, right? That's the most important thing to us is how does this, how do we make this work best for the people that are using it? Right. Um, You know, the bottom line is the end result is the same in many cases um, in the sense that if you use business wire or business wire, news direct, your content will get to the same places. Right. We're Mm -hmm. not claiming that we have invented a whole new universe of end users (laughs) that are looking at your, at your content. However, wouldn't, doesn't it make a lot of sense to get to that end you know, result in the simplest, fastest, safest, most secure, efficient and inexpensive way as possible. And that's what we provide, right? Uh, We have reinvented and simplified the entire process and you'd be amazed, and this this is something that I learned as I went through this process, the simpler your platform is, the more uh, advanced the technology is to make it that simple, right? so, you know, the complexity behind it is our problem and, you know, we have to deal with. But for you, uh, the end result is way, way more simplicity than you've ever had before. Um, so, you know, we will continue going forward to keep making it easier and simpler and more cost effective and more secure than it's ever been before.
0: I love that. It actually reminds me of a story or rather the opposite, which is the rest of the industry kind of reminds me of a story. It's very short, but um, I heard it many years ago and I remember thinking it's so true about big and medium sized businesses actually. Um, And it was uh, a little girl was watching her mum cooking some dinner and she says, why do you always chop the end of the pot roast off and put it in the bin? And she says, oh, cause that's the way my mother did it. So she goes and asks her grandma the same question. She says, oh, that's cause that's how your great grandma used to do it. So she goes to the great grandma and says, "Great grandma, why do you always chop the end off the pot roast and throw it in the bin?" And she says, "Oh, the pan was too small." <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> and I remember yeah. thinking, like, just because that's the way it's always been done, doesn't mean yeah. it's the most efficient way of doing it. In fact, in this modern day and age, it rarely is. Um, if you if your exactly. processes haven't evolved, then they're standing still and getting left behind. And and I, as I said, yeah. I really admire the fact. And and if I can just say this as well, because I want to, I want to stress this point, you know. There are many people who, um, you know, they, they're quite critical actually, aren't they in this day and age of saying things like, well, that job opportunity where you'd work for the same company for 30, 40 years and work your way up and do all that kind of stuff. They don't really exist anymore. Um, well, you, you had that and still had the balls and took the decision to say, do you know what? This isn't the best way to serve this market. This isn't the best way to serve the customer. So I'm going to go and do a better job of it myself. And, and it's not just the fact that you were president of that company. I think it's the fact that, as you said, you, you joined that company pretty much fresh out of college. Um, and I imagine you've almost done every position in that, bu- in that building yeah. um, <laughs> and, and worked your way up. So you, you should have been, their success story and now you're going to be the reason that they uh they don't have such a solid business anymore
1: right well it's funny because um when i started this business i used to tell people the story i said you know when i was there when i was at my former company um i was constantly talking to them about you know somebody is going to come along and disrupt this business and you know make make us you know either Hurt our business tremendously, or put us out of business, mm-hmm. right? And ironically, I became the guy that actually that I warned against, right? So you were um, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was right,
1: and they were they were wrong. Um, you know, I would just going back to your pot roast analogy, I would I would add that for the wire services, not only is it that's the way they've always done it, and therefore that's how they continue to do it, but doing it differently would would significantly damage their current business model <laughs> and their revenue stream. Uh, because of what we've done and how we've priced it and you know all those things it would be very difficult for them to pivot to that without taking a significant hit on their on their revenues and their profit margins and so forth Uh, so i'll just add that so so i'm I'm curious
0: and so if we look at uh you know, PR press wire and, 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 and business wire, then are we saying that they're unlikely to adapt even when they're forced to? Are we saying that at some point, you know, it's going to be News Direct and maybe a another who will be the new leaders of this market? Because I'm, I'm always intrigued by will there become a tipping point where businesses like that say, right, it's been a slap in the face. Now we really have to change and wake up and make these changes or whether they just kind of say we've had a good run.
1: Right, I think at some point that I think that there will be a day of reckoning for them, and it'd be it'd be silly of them not to acknowledge that when that day of reckoning comes. Right, Um, and at that point, I think you know they're not they're not stupid people, right? I think they would acknowledge that they do need to make these changes in order to survive and thrive going forward. So I totally expect that to happen, Uh, and I'd be I'd be very surprised if it didn't happen. Um, However. You also have to consider that these companies, particularly BusinessWire, is owned by a very large public corporation. People have heard of them, I think, uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Um, And uh, the other uh, PR Newswire is owned by a private equity firm, as is uh, Globe Newswire, which is the third largest player. Um, So part of that equation is going to involve them going to their corporate parents and telling them that we're going to have to do this to make this business viable going forward. But please bear in mind that this is probably going to result in at least a short-term dip and probably plunge in our revenue. That's a difficult thing to do if you're the CEO of any of these companies. Uh, But I think at some point it will become necessary if they want to survive. Um, So you know, it remains to be seen. But I'll certainly give them enough credit to know they'll know that you know there's going to come a point where they have to make that very hard decision.
0: I just love the fact that it's you i have to be honest i really do i i do love a good david versus goliath story (laughs) um and uh yeah i I love what you're doing i'm so glad that we're working together and and, uh, that i could give the you this opportunity to to really introduce you to my audience as well because if they haven't come across you before then they should certainly be checking out the website and everything now um i'm curious just before we wrap up you know who who do you want to hear from and, and how can they get in touch with you
1: right okay well first of all obviously um you know, as a startup company and we're now about 10 months old and we're doing quite well, but you know, we love customers and we love new customers. So if you are interested in becoming one of those, uh, I certainly would love to hear from you and you can reach me either by uh, my email address, which is uh, Greg two G's at the end. Costano at uh, newsdirect.com Um You can call me on my, I'll give you my cell phone number, nine one seven six nine eight four one three one. Call me directly. I answer every call. Um, so, you know, that, that's one That's one group of people that I would love to hear from, whether you're an, on the agency side or the corporate side. Um, the other being a startup is that, uh, you know, we are still in uh, capital raise mode and we would certainly be interested in hearing from people who, who might have interest in investing in our company because we think it's going to be a fantastic return on investment at, at some point in the future uh, because we're already seeing the growth tra- trajectory uh, taking off. You know, we're, we're growing at twenty twenty percent in terms of revenue per month and that has not has not abated since our first month and that's only going to increase uh, so we're a very good investment um, you know opportunity so if you're interested on the investment side again you could use those same numbers and email addresses to reach me because I'd love to talk to you
0: Perfect. Well, what I'll do is uh, for those of you who are listening back to this podcast, check out the show notes below. Uh, and I will include a link to the website to Greg's cell phone number uh, and to his email address. And uh, you know, from a customer's perspective, I could speak firsthand and say, absolutely, you should be having that conversation, whether you're an agency side or whether you're the client directly. Um, you definitely need to check this out. Right. And uh, from an investment perspective, you know, I would probably even go so far as to say like if you because I know there are a number of investors who listen to this network you know think about this from a from a, not just an investment perspective but from a portfolio perspective if you're already investing in agencies marketing firms PR agencies etc this is a conversation that you need to be having because not only can you uh, can you get involved in an incredibly innovative business that's going to be doing great things in the industry, you can save your team a lot of time, effort, money, and everything else and make them far more efficient as well, which is only going to help your investment on that side. So, Greg, thank you so much for being here, brother. It's been a pleasure as always. I always enjoy our conversations
1: thank you phil this was great i really enjoyed it
0: too no you're most welcome my friend most welcome to our listeners hope you all take care of yourselves really looking forward to hearing from you again and speaking to you next time my details are also in the show notes below so if you have any questions for me get in touch Um, but i would highly recommend checking out greg and news direct this is billionaires in boxes empowering one billion entrepreneurs one podcast at a time